0: Hey, let me ask you, is your patience wearing thin by now? I mean, with all that's going on, I know I'm not a fan of waiting, waiting for all this to get over, or waiting in line and waiting for something exciting to come on the schedule or waiting for test results or waiting for someone else to get done with something they were supposed to get done much quicker, uh, waiting for a shipment of something I ordered, waiting for answers. There's something that I get real impatient about. I think most of us are like this. We have a certain expectation about how things should work and the timing of them all. And it's heightened with instant info, delivery, easy communication. There's greater expectations. Let's just say it that way. So what happens when the timing gets off and we have to deal with that? What happens when our expectations aren't met? How do we treat one another in relation to relationships? What happens when things don't go our way? James in chapter 5 talks about this and so much more. It's likely the church he was writing to was now facing persecution, and with this onslaught of difficulty, he tells them, well, let me read it for you. It's in James chapter 5, verse 9 through 12. Where you're at, I would really appreciate it if you opened a Bible or got on an app and followed through verse by verse as I go through this text. Verse 9, James chapter 5. Do not grumble against one another, Brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you've seen the purposes of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers... Do not swear, either by heaven or by earth, or by anything of an oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Holy Spirit, guide us through them. Guide us into understanding and applying them. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. So again, he says, remember these examples, church. In the waiting, in all that's going on, remember. Maybe you're thinking, I don't want to. I'm impatient. I don't want to remember these examples. What are these examples? He gives us two. First, the prophets of the Old Testament. If you know anything, by the way, about the Old Testament prophets, you know that they were called by God to communicate to Israel God's message of deliverance and judgment and prophecy. And as you can imagine, it was not always received very well. So often the message was first ignored, and the prophets themselves were rejected, and they suffered for it. I mean, take Jeremiah, for example, who lived and worked during the final decades of the southern kingdom of Judah. He foretold the destruction of Jerusalem. And that Israel would be carried into Babylon. You can imagine how they received this message. Especially when it took a little while before it was fulfilled. If you know anything about the story, he was kidnapped. He was led into Egypt. He he also, in his lifetime, suffered through the exile that he prophesied about. He preached for 20 years and the message was not received. I can't even imagine that. And in fact, he was rejected himself. And yet, God called him to this work. And he was faithful to that work. And it was years later, even after his life, that the recordings of of the prophecy were uh, studied. And uh, in that study, uh, Israel realized that these... These things that were from God uh, came to fruition. And, and yet, I even reflect on this and think to this day we are still awaiting. Yes, they were fulfilled in Christ. And the promises of God fulfilled in his death and resurrection. And yet, we are still awaiting the day when God will restore his people. We're still awaiting the day when when he will sit and Throned and rule and reign. And so we, we think about this prophetic message and what James is reminding us of here in chapter 5. He says, Remember, in, in your waiting, and, and if you are going through suffering, if you're going through hardship, I can't say we all are at this point, but if you are in that place, James says, Remember the prophets. He also says, Remember the story of Job. Now some of you might go, "Oh boy. <laughs> I know that story. That's that's a tough one even to consider. Uh, that's where I'm at in this. Uh, we remember that this Old Testament story that then in a short time Job lost his home. He he lost his kids. He he lost 10 children. There was Uh, A big storm, and the house caved in, and he lost his family. And in that process, he lost a lot of his wealth. And then, to make matters worse, he got painfully sick. His wife and friends turned on him as well. And, And they told him to curse God and die. Can you imagine being in a situation where they tell you that? And yet, as Job lamented to God, and that's what most of the book of Job is about... Uh, God brought him to a place uh, where he was faithful and true to God. And he was strengthened and he remained faithful in his faith in God. James says, behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. James comments, when we see someone strengthened through trial, we admire them, so to speak. It strengthens our faith too. We trust their faith is real. And that as they get through the trial and experience God's goodness, all the more reason for us to trust His Word. That's why he says in verse 11, you have seen the purpose of the Lord, His compassion and mercy. When's the last time you've noticed God's compassion and mercy in your life? I think if our eyes were open, we would see that it's happening consistently. But sometimes we get sidetracked and we start to worry and complain. Well, what do you think James is speaking of here? We complain to one another. We forget God's compassion and And mercy. Think about the picture that James is showing us here. It's this dichotomy of a whiny, kind of grumbling complainer versus someone who is steadfast and true and trusts God even amid suffering. And boy, that takes patience to a whole nother level, doesn't it? But what does James tell us? Do not grumble against one another in your suffering, because this is what we do. <laughs> Rather than go to God, cast our cares upon him, we accuse and we complain. You know, if I had a complaint jar at home, maybe you've done this before, that I had to put a dollar in, that I complained every time, you know, since, let's just say, last March, what How how full would that jar be by now? Maybe, Maybe you've done that, I don't know, with the kids. I just think back over these last months, and even in this last week, and I think, you know, Lord, forgive me for my attitude and how it affects my relationships with others. Here's the thing that we do. Rather than go to God, we complain to one another. Some if it is backlash to one another, or we look at a certain person's situation and we just think to ourselves, you know, why do they have that and we don't? This is often what James has been talking about throughout this chapter. And that's why he tells us, remember the prophets and remember Job. Why? Because of what they went through. You know, when God calls us to wait upon him, trust his timing not our own, it's then that we begin to see that the seasons of waiting all along were not as much about the outcome as they were the process. That might be hard to hear right now, but I think we know in our hearts it's true, because it's in the process that we are refined and matured and built up into something greater for his purposes. So James is talking about grumbling, why? Well, I think, I think our grumbling exposes our true expectations. Because that's what's been built up in the culture in which we're living, is it not? This expectation that everything should happen quickly. And so we go to God and we say, why has this not already happened? Yeah, we have changed expectations. I imagine my life is supposed to go a certain way. That's one thing I think here James is addressing. Remember what he said in the prior verses. He's talking about us being set in our own ways, being wise in our own eyes, and being contentious with each other. Think about that for a second. Yeah, we imagine our life is supposed to go a certain way, and then when it doesn't work out, then we get all bent out of shape. I think that's why he repeats it again in this chapter. You don't know the future, You cannot see all things like God. Who are you? We may have certain expectations. In fact, that would be normal. Expectations about our life. Uh, Expectations about the outcome. But it's God who determines our steps. So stop grumbling, he tells us. Stop it. (laughs) It's not helping the situation. Nothing good is ever going to come out of it. We've heard that one before, right? Yeah, I imagine my life is to go a certain way, but it doesn't always go a certain way, does it? Here's what also grumbling exposes in our lives. I imagine that my idea of timing is better than, we'll just admit it, better than God's. Hate to say it, but it's true. I think we all fall into this. We want God on our schedule Think about the way we handle the timing of certain things in our lives. Take, for example, God allowing some hardship or suffering. And let's just say it comes at a really difficult time. You lose your job during the pandemic. You're forced to overextend yourself and you don't have the time Maybe you've been quarantined and you cannot finish what you started at work or whatever it was that you started and you grumble. You know, it'd be fine, Lord, if the timing had been better. I've said that so many times. It would be fine if the timing had been better. Consider what Job says. This is going all the way back to chapter 42, verses 2 and 3 in the Old Testament. He says, I know that you can do all things, God, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? He's reflecting on himself. God can do all things, but... Who am I to counsel God without knowing the future and knowing all things and his timing and his goodness, that sort of thing? So he goes on to say, therefore, I have declared that which I do not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I do not know. He's saying, I will admit, I don't know everything. I think that's something we should all be saying to ourselves right now. I will admit, I don't... Know everything, I don't know the future, I don't know what's next, and so I'm going to have to trust God. Maybe we take this lesson from Job in that way. And when you really think about it, there's no greater example than Jesus in this. Yeah, we can go back to Job, but that's just. That's just a precursor to what was to come in our Savior and Lord Jesus. He suffered for my eternity. And although I do not want more hardship or nuisance in my life, I should trust, just like he did, the Father's will. Even though he suffered. No, we don't wish for suffering or wish suffering upon anyone. But we do reflect on what Jesus did for us. And how he trusted his Father. i got to tell you, just as I see in Jesus' faith and trust in his Father, it's really in the patient, waiting, and difficult times that I've experienced God's presence in the most powerful way. It's not when things have been easy and slick. Instead, it's in this season where, where I've been lacking, that I've grown the most. And, and that's what I desire for my life. I know you do as well. You want to grow in relationship with God, in understanding, in knowledge, in wisdom. Think about your own life. Might God be showing you something, church? That might be difficult, but might he be showing you something that you need to see in your own life. I think about this story of Job and the prophets and their rejection and their hardship. And actually, the first thing that comes to mind is I just think, man, I'm not suffering like them. But there are people suffering today. And I don't know where you're at and what you're dealing with today. But let me tell you, God has not gone anywhere. He is with you. And He desires that you patiently await His plan. He desires that you patiently get along with one another in the meantime. It's so important for us to hear as a church because we have this opportunity to unify during this time and yet it's so easy for all of this and all that's going on to bring us down or even divide us. And God is saying, no church, I'm going to use this for my glory. It's in times like this that I do most growing. You know, living patiently with one another through the difficult days and whatever's ahead. There's a scary thought. What's ahead? Why? Well, I, I don't know. It's scary if you're not trusting God anyway. You know, these days will require having an attitude that refrains from grumbling and, and certainly drives us to cast our cares upon God and to get along with one another, all all of these things. But James tells us it also requires keeping our word. Uh, These two things might not seem to go together. I, I understand that, especially at first glance. But look at verse 12 as we make some sense out of this. He says, now more importantly, or above all, let your yes be yes and your no be no. What is he talking about? What does that have to do with the the, the rest of the chapter? Well, evidently in the church there was a lot of talk about committing to each other. And there was a lot of swearing, he says, to one another. Like, I swear on the Bible that I will do this or that I will do that. That sort of thing. And they were over committing themselves. And maybe now that they were lacking, they couldn't fulfill on promises, that sort of thing. And he says this can become a very serious problem in the church. So why is this more important? Consider what he is saying here. I think James is addressing one of the most important reflections or examples we can be of God. He's saying, do what you say you will do. Kind of simple, right? He's saying, this is the example you are of God and his character to those around us. That God is perfect and true. His word is true and everlasting. Another way of saying it, God is a man of his own word. There's no other way what he says he will do and where he leads he will fulfill. And nothing will stop it from being completed. It might not be in the timing we expected. And by the way, the world is going crazy over that. And maybe you've experienced something like this. If God is sort of thinking, if the Bible says, if your faith is really true, has anyone ever said that phrase to you or those phrases to you, then where is he? then why isn't he fulfilling? Why has he not returned? That sort of thing. In fact, we were warned that those things would be said to us. So the world is up in arms about what the word says about the final days. It doesn't look like he's fulfilling his promises. Why would you trust in something you cannot see? That, that sort of thinking... But it's in the trial that we see God work. And in fact, it's in the trial where we see Him bring those who were distant from Him back to Himself. When God speaks, it happens. And may we never be a church that misrepresents this to our world. Because maybe if you don't keep your promises, maybe if you don't follow through, those around us might think that's what God is like. Maybe we keep our word and represent God as a man of his word. And, and maybe, just maybe, others will see that God is good, and he's gracious, and he's loving, And he's kind. This is really all about being an example, church. And that's why we're instructed not to grumble and to keep our word. Why? Because God wants us living patiently with one another as we are an example of who he is. And I think we can do that. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. I have to reflect on that often in times like this. Jesus already fulfilled. He already won the victory. He already did what we so desperately needed him to do. Our hope rests in him, not in our circumstances. I've said it so many times, but what else can we say? Trust him. We either do or we don't. And in our trust, patiently with one another, and maybe even in suffering, we realize that God has a purpose. Could God have a purpose in in what he is doing right now? He must. He has to. And I can trust him. That's my hope today. I can trust him. Don't know what tomorrow brings, but I can trust him. So it's not going to make anything better by complaining about it. Rather, going to him will be the thing that he calls us to. And in that... Think about it. We will grow in our relationship with him. Isn't that the point? As I uh, close our time together here, I don't know uh, what's happening around you in the moment that you're listening to this or watching this, but I hope you would have the opportunity to pause here for a minute or two and pray with me and uh, ask God to uh, restore your heart in, in your thinking and in your attitude. and uh, if you've had a great attitude through all this, ask God that He would protect you from all the negativity we're seeing in the world today and all the uh, all the the hardship that's so easy to fall, pray to. And, and victim to that that says well i'm I'm not supposed to be happy, these are difficult times, but it's really not about happiness, is it, but rather it's about having the joy of the Lord through trial and being an example of him and and so church as we uh as we take a moment to pray, I would ask you to just in in some quiet submission um, reflect on what James is calling us to. And, and then bow your head before God and ask him to work in your own life. And this Thanksgiving, um, allow you to be thankful for what you have. And that's my prayer, certainly. Let's go to him now. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for what we have. And yet it's um, it's difficult to be patient through the things we're facing today but lord would you have my heart and as i you know release the, the the tensions and the turmoil that seem to be constantly on our minds release them to you i ask you lord to renew my spirit give me that everlasting joy and peace that you promise and lead me lead us Lord may you cause in all of this something greater something good something that would honor and glorify you and your kingdom we pray this in your name